Hello, and welcome to Dig It. I'm Peter Brown, and hosting the show with me today is Chris Day. Hi, Chris. Hi, Peter. August in the garden. It's quite scary, Peter, how the year is moving so swiftly. Definitely. But equally, yeah. it's I'm going to say the holiday season. I always think of August as the mm, month of holidays. Indeed. It's that time where we all hopefully get to have a break from work and a couple of weeks off. Yeah, sounds very attractive. And of course, the garden, of course, doesn't sleep and that has to keep going, doesn't it? <laughs> and of course, obviously, the month of July, as we know, was uh, slightly soggy, shall we say? Yeah, there was a few downpours. I was mm. down the, well, I got absolutely caught out a couple of nights ago, went down the allotment to cut some courgettes. Mm-hmm. And it was starting to spit when I left at home. And by the time I got there... Ooh. The heavens had opened oh, and I'd left my jacket behind and I was absolutely drenched <laughs> by the time I got home. But I had a lovely couple of courgettes, I must say. Good. It's always Good. nice when you get to go and cut some vegetables that you've grown and they always taste so much better, don't they? They do indeed. And the gardens are obviously enjoying that extra rain now and I think that's everything's sort of showing. We've got some nice uh, greenery across the fields, haven't we? Whereas this time last year, of course, we were experiencing 40-odd degrees, which, of course, some parts of uh, Europe have, have been doing yes. in recent weeks. So Definitely. Yes. Well, yeah. I know earlier on in the year we were running around with lots of watering cans mm. trying to keep everything watered but it does so, seem like the ground's moistened up a bit now and yeah. certainly makes weeding a bit easier and it did rain copiously on St Swithin's Day back in July so if that's any <laughs> that's the news suggests it rains for 40 days and 40 nights if it rains on that day I don't anecdotally it's always a bit of fun but um, yeah. well so far it, it has proved that so excellent good stuff so mm. What's on? Mm. What shows have we got to go and look at? What what can we go and entertain it's... ourselves doing? I mean, in my village a couple of weeks ago, it was the NGS Gardens Open Scheme. And Excellent. There's lots of people milling around, having a look around gardens. Mm-hmm. It was really interesting. Exactly. A few new people opened their gardens up this year and mm-hmm. got to have a look around them. And yeah, some of them were clearly keen to show off their sort of grass and new buildings and things mm-hmm. like that and others were yeah. more keen to show off their new borders and plants and it's fantastic such, yeah. it's always interesting seeing and it's and as i always say peter if you're moving into a new area it's the thing to do in your first year to, to get a, a feel of what grows well in, mm. in that area it makes it your gardening then a lot easier Definitely, and I mean, we live in a road with lots of 1930s sort of semi-detached houses, and all the gardens are a similar sort of size, so mm. I think one of the best things is when you get to go and see what's behind the garden, mm. the, the side gate, because they're so different. That's it's, the thing, isn't it? And that makes it so much more interesting, and of course, uh, yeah, it gives you even more ideas then, isn't it, as a Well, as that's a it, and yeah. yeah, you see something that you think... Actually, I can do that. Yeah, and, and this month of August, plenty of ideas from shows, Peter. So, um, okay, yeah, where the, should we be going then? So, pl- oh, right around the country, actually. So, the first to the sixth of August, it's uh, RHS Hyde Hall Flower Show. That's over in Chelmsford. Okay, um, obviously good. And I, I noticed on the the listings, Martin Fish, who was a, a guest on our podcast last year. Yeah, uh, he's going to be there giving talks at the show, so uh, a bit of a shout out for Martin. Brilliant. Um, and then we've got uh, this is rather interesting from the fourth to the thirteenth of August. Visit the Shropshire Petal Fields over in Newport in Shropshire, and it's basically celebrating plants which produce lots of flowers. I mean, flowers as in petals, things like okay. delphiniums, sunflowers, cornflowers and wildflowers in bloom. I think it's a really good way of getting people to, you know, explore these wonderful plants and to get 
to showcase how good they are en masse. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Sounds interesting. Mm. Well, it sounds a bit similar to like the Derbyshire well dressings that mm. I think are going on at the moment, aren't they? They're from memory, my aunt and uncle lived in a village that used to do their well dressing, and that mm. was where the people from the village would get together and get some petals and seeds and flowers and basically Fantastic. make a real big show of the yeah. local well, which yeah, really interesting. Yeah. So if you're up, up that way, maybe mm. have a look for some well dressing. Yeah, right, looks like right through the month of, of, of August and, and into September as well. So yeah. yeah, And I think that's all through the Peak District. Mm, so it is, yeah. Lots of people obviously go up the Peak District for their the walking holidays in indeed. the summer. And lovely. there's some lovely areas to go and yeah, see. Lovely, so, yeah. yeah, a lovely part of the world, isn't it? Yeah. Definitely. Um, so that's good. So and then we move uh, still in, in, in uh, Shropshire to the, uh, the Shrewsbury Flower Show. Uh, that's okay. on the 11th and 12th. I'm in, I went there many years, Peter. It's a really good show. It's in the Dingle, uh, which is uh, the, the park, um, main park department. And of course, it's well known. That was Percy Thrower, the late and great Percy Thrower. His, okay. As head gardener, he looked after that area for a long old time. So wow. a lot of association with uh, uh, the late and great Percy Thrower. So that's over two days. And they have lots of things going on. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a music festival as well. So it's everything for everybody gardening-wise. Twelfth uh, and thirteenth um, is the Great Comp Flower Show. So this is over at uh, Seven Oaks. So it's a, uh, a, 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 a celebration of specialist nurseries and arts and crafts. Okay. And then the following weekend, it's the seventeenth to the twentieth of August, and that's the the Southport Flower Show at Victoria Park in the the seaside resort of Southport. Mm. Um, one I used to go as a young child many many times and. Uh, very fond memories actually brilliant okay. um, and of course if you know Southport you know that you never really see the sea there it's always many miles out so oh, yeah. it's, uh, it's good like Blackpool just down the, down the road okay. and, then, and then finally uh, 18th and 20th of August another RHS flower show this is at Rover at Rosemore obviously down in Devon uh, so yep. if you're in that part of the world on your holidays get to, to have a look around there, there, look there, around the show, there. Yeah. so it's flower show flower show flower show that's yeah. what we're doing and, in august and lots yeah and, and flowers <laughs> <laughs> brilliant good stuff great stuff and um so i guess that brings us on to what's in the news mm, what's happened the last few weeks then chris yeah well there's obviously been lots of going on in view of the fact we are in the show season but i think the yeah. first thing we, we better mention of course is um obviously carol klein well-known gardener she became the uh Iconic hero of um, obviously the uh, the Hampton Court Flower Show, which obviously they kept that a little bit quiet, a bit secret, so we weren't able to mention it beforehand. But uh, yeah, I think she did a, a wonderful garden. I saw this on, on Gardener's World, amazing job creating mm-hmm. these sort of different areas of the garden from her own uh, garden at Glebe Cottage, and then she's down in the, in the, the West Country. Right. And uh, she's been a little bit controversial um, because she has made a, a point that obviously the uh, the current uh, presenter, of course, Monty Don, has been there for, for many years. And in fact, the whole history of Gardener's World has been very male-dominated. And I think she mm. was making a, an interesting point that maybe it's time for uh, a female to perhaps well, take Well, equal opportunities mm. is all the, all the rage is. these days, isn't it? And it I think is. it's, uh, it's... So it should be. Why Indeed. not? Exactly, yes. Mm. So she made some really good points. And, you know, and I'm, I'm sure... Uh, I mean, I, I do enjoy watching Carol presenting the, the sort of segments of the show, but... Maybe, you know, times are changing, aren't they? Mm. 
And from a trade point of view, we recently had Solex, which right. is um, basically the trade show for garden furniture and barbecues and Ooh, that sounds fun. outdoor sort of leisure. Uh, and mm. it was a nice, uh, nice show. One one hall at the NEC, so not enormous this year. Mm-hmm. And I was so pleased we're moving away from grey. Oh, okay. The the sort of swathes of grey furniture of last year are moving now into some more taupe and lighter colours. So okay. nicer. Brighter colours, I think, are coming into the scene this year. And there's still a lot of weave and mm. um, aluminium furniture is obviously still very popular. But yep. there's um, also a bit of a resurgence in really old-fashioned cast iron furniture. Okay. And also a lot of recycled plastic furniture. That's which good to hear. Yes. is great. Mm. I mean, it sort of hit the marketplace a couple of years ago. It was very expensive. Now... We're getting to a point where I think the plastic, sort of recycled plastics, have obviously come down in price. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess they've maybe worked out how to manufacture them more efficiently, mm-hmm. and I just like them because they're colourful. Yeah, it is sort of nice to have some good colourful furniture. So mm-hmm. that was the news I picked up from at Solex. Yeah, that sounds really good, Peter. We'll obviously see the, the results of that in the next uh, yeah, few years. Yeah, next year, hopefully yeah. the garden mm. centres around you will be yeah. showing some well, yeah. nice colourful things. Sounds minutes. fantastic. Yeah, that's good. And we've got uh, some news from the, um, the the King's very first birthday honours list, uh, Peter. So a couple really? of... Okay. Um, a couple of well-known names, actually. Uh, landscape designer Tom Stewart-Smith, he received an OBE. Um, obviously well-known, um, Tom, for his amazing gardens at, at Chelsea many years ago. I remember, I think he designed, I think, one of the, the, the uh, Telegraph gardens, which was obviously amazing. And uh, the the other award goes to Richard uh, Barley, who's been awarded a, an MBE. He's, he's the director of gardens at Kew Gardens. So mm. two high-profile awards there which is which is good and of course this is the thing isn't it with the awards we tend not to think it affects horticulture but it very much does which is obviously good and of course knowing the king's interest in all things plants and gardening and uh, agriculture um it's all it's i all hope good. you will get some more publicity mm. and our sector will sort of raise its public Indeed. profile that would be good wouldn't it Definitely. yes yeah uh, and the, the other bit of news on, on the back of, uh, obviously, we're into that sort of holiday season. It's all about plant warnings, isn't it? And uh, mm. Hemlock has got a, a, a warning now that uh, obviously being very related and looking like cow parsley, but Hemlock is pretty pretty nasty. Obviously, it's a... It's horrible stuff, uh, yeah, memory, yeah. isn't it? Isn't it, it is, what yeah. They- I seem to remember it being in Shakespeare's play. It, it did. It was used as a, a poison, wasn't it? For, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, so yeah. It's just a matter of identifying it. It's got those wonderful umbels of, of white flower. So, it's one you do often probably see and not perhaps register. So, it might be worth you know just having a look when you're out and about to familiarise yourself with it, so you know uh, to avoid it. Basically. Well, the other one that I came across was giant hemlock, and I think it's one of the best things about going away on holiday was. The fact that when you, you go somewhere new and you mm. spot something. Mm. And I can remember what, another holiday where down in Wales, went to you know, sort of drive past this um, water treatment place. Mm. And I think they had Japanese knotweed there because Ooh, right. they were injecting it with, yeah. it looked like someone had like a syringe and was injecting these stems. And I was like, I guess that's how they get rid of that. That's, that's yeah. another really invasive, sort of nasty. Most definitely, plant. yeah. But yeah, yeah, the the giant hemlock was. 
that's got a horrible sap, hasn't yeah, it? So, you, you, yeah, the, it the still makes you super sensitive to sunlight. sunlight. That's so it. You, so, if you, so you brush past it and then you're in the, you expose that uh, skin to the, hot, the sunshine, you come out with a very allergic reaction. And that's, that's why with all uh, headlocks and hog, hogweeds, because they're all in the same family, they have the same reaction. So you've got to be really careful. Mm. So yeah, I guess, yeah. well, it takes me back to my youth where I can remember as a young boy, we always used to have great fun in the summer cutting down, smashing up mm. cow parsley. Right. Because you get a stick and you just smash it up yeah. and you scythe it down sort of type thing. And It's a strong, it's a strong stem, isn't it? Perfect. It, it, yeah, it was yeah. good. It used to snap and crackle. Yeah, it was yeah, good yeah. fun. But yeah. equally, yeah, if you do that with hemlock, you, yeah, yeah. you don't want to be doing that. You don't no. want to be doing that. So no, indeed. not a good thing to do. <laughs> no. Uh, and another story, Peter, which I was quite—I had to do a double take actually. When you look at a headline, unusual pink grasshoppers in the in a UK garden. This is brilliant. Isn't yeah, it? I mean, yeah, they're saying that it's a once in a lifetime experience, and mm. they are so rare. Yes, that I mean, when you look closely at grasshoppers, they are mm. really beautiful. It's a bit yeah. like dragonflies. Oh, when gosh, you yes. get to see a dragonfly close up, you. Until you've really seen it and studied it, you don't realise. But mm. the pink grasshoppers are, yeah, I guess they're a bit chameleon-like, aren't they? Isn't that mm. what causes it? And that's right. Yeah, essentially, they must have been living somewhere pink. Maybe, <laughs> pink. Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, they reckon that only one uh, percent of pink grasshoppers are found in a people's lifetime. So rare beyond words. And this, mm. uh, obviously, the, the report sort of suggests it was Anglesey, obviously in. Uh, in North Wales, where this was found, so okay. and it was photographed uh, too. So, yeah, if you're out and about looking for unusual grasshoppers, yeah, keep an eye out for the pink one. I think. Pink ones, yeah, and, and let us know mm. if you see one. Indeed. <laughs> they're obviously yeah. very rare. Yeah, um, but there was one interesting fact, which again you get blown away with these sort of news stories. There are eleven thousand species of uh, grasshopper around really? the world. Eleven thousand. Eleven thousand. Wow. And, and there happens to be a pink one. Well, there you go. Fantastic. Yeah. Every day's a school day in, mm. in nature, isn't it? Definitely. And Pete hits mm. the headlines. Oh, surprise, yes. surprise again. What's, what, what's what? it up to this time? Yeah, so this is this is sort of the news we sort of knew, Peter, isn't it? That uh, basically a new report from the HTA shows that reduced peat consumption um, is, is, is going to remain a problem, but we are using less. Uh, we're, using, we're using more peat-free products. Uh, but actually, the use of peat is falling, which is great news. And okay, yeah, that's good. Brilliant. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, basically, the peat-free prediction that plants grown professionally uh, has doubled since 2021. So we are moving in the right direction. But I suppose we only have to look at the products we're selling at the garden centre here. You know, I think mm. we're, 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 we're probably probably 98% peat-free um, yep. with with the obviously the end date of next next year at some point being the. The, uh, the end of, of, of peat-based compost completely. That's it. And uh, we're talking about awards. Um, the renowned rosarian uh, Michael Marriott, obviously well-known and associated with, obviously, David Austin Roses. He picked up a top award. Uh, he was awarded the Dean Mole Medal uh, by Colin Squire, who was chairman of the uh, the Rose Society. So okay. a very prestigious award. And, uh, I mean, Michael's obviously associated a lot with with David Austin Roses, but uh, yet yeah, a really good award and obviously well, well deserved. Mm. Flax the way to do it. What a great title! <laughs> yes. Now, did you know, Chris? Linen mm. comes from flax. 
I didn't know that. Peter. I had no idea. No, no. It's amazing what mm-hmm. we don't realise. I mean, now you can get socks that are made from bamboo. Yes. You get well twine, garden twine made from hemp. Yep, jute. Yes. Jute, jute ropes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, old-fashioned ropes. Yes. I think used to be made from yeah. hemp as well. Yeah. So uh, yeah. people think well. I guess a lot of plastic products like polyester and what have you make clothes, but equally, mm-hmm. cotton natural. cotton yeah. is a is the most natural sort of product to go, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But it, mm-hmm. isn't it the 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 seed head? It's the sort of fluffy bit that mm. comes off the top of the the, the seed, isn't it? That's the, right. Yeah, that, that's what cotton's made from. That's so. right. And it sometimes uh, I put into into fields and, and bleached or, or chemically changed to put it give it to its colour, and then obviously that is then produced into yarn, which is then of course. Yeah. Put on the uh, on the mill, yeah. But th- this is interesting. This uh, flax that is uh, they're experimenting with growing it up in Scotland, and uh, it's apparently some uh, Dutch varieties are being used. Mm. And I didn't realise that it's a different type of flax to grow linen than perhaps the the products we tend to see in the supermarket. The, the you know the, well, the you uh, get the, it as seed, seed, don't you? And mm. then linseed oil, oil. linseed oil, which yes, was yeah. I mean that I'm going to say 30, 40 years ago used to be what we treated wood. For. Wasn't indeed. that what we yeah, protect indeed. our wood with? Yes, garden furniture. And, That's um, it. Yeah, yeah. So it's obviously a good plant to mm. get back into production, but I guess that's it. Sort of things change in farming, and um, yeah. they diversify. And yeah, maybe the Scots can't grow any peat anymore. They can grow some flax instead. Indeed. Yeah, <laughs> use their use their space more wisely. And of course, it, for, for the farmers, of course, it'll be a really good crop to have, won't it? Value wise, if they have definitely and with global change to our climate, then this is probably what we need to be sort of looking at, which is good. Um, and the other story, Peter, which uh, it got quite a lot of headlines actually on the, the TV, was um, the, 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 the keen gardener and actor, uh, Jim Carter. Obviously, if you're a follower of Downton Abbey, yep. uh, you'll know Jim. Um, he used to play um, the butler, Charles Carlson. But he's a very keen and avid gardener. And right, basically, okay. they he was asked to spearhead a discussion um basically with the government to put horticulture back on the the map again and uh yeah uh, he and alan titchmarsh spoke uh to the uh, members of the, the trade association the rhs and of course the um the the the, the speakers of uh, the environmental horticultural group so this is a new group to promote horticulture and get everything back into the forefront of developing, you know, a good understanding of how important horticulture is to the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, and basically it's, the headline is less screen time, more green time. So get us away from our laptops and phones and get us gardening more. So it's, uh, it's, it's good. Well, yeah, I mean, if it's not raining... Definitely, yeah. oh, get gosh. out there and get gardening. Most definitely, <laughs> especially uh, this summer. But uh, yeah, so I think it's it's, it's good. It's, it's this connection with uh, the parliamentary side of, of government and obviously the, the Horticultural Trades Association. So we're having a, a what they call a dialogue, isn't it? Which I think is important yeah. these days. Yeah, so good, that's good news, a good, good story. And I guess as we're a plant show, Chris, we mm. should really be talking more about the plants. Of course, we? most definitely, so, as far as the show. Uh, Plants that have won some accolades and mm. uh, awards recently. It's the HTA show. That's right. Over down, over there was over in Stoneleigh near Coventry a few yeah a few weeks ago. Um, and yeah, some interesting interesting winners actually. The overall best in show went to a plant called uh, Curcuma Skyline, right? Which, uh, 
it's, for me, it was, mm, I have to say, I didn't particularly like it. <laughs> to be very honest, it was, okay, it was cool. fine. It, it, it looked, looked nice. But I think it's just a plant which has quite a, quite a, you know, a short flowering season compared to some of the other plants, which obviously were well presented. And it can be a little bit funny in its conditions it needs as well. So user friendliness, I don't know. But it did look amazing, I have to say. And perhaps it's a plant that just needs to become more more involved with uh you know with with customers and, and gardeners maybe but uh, okay. yeah fair enough but alan's more they're yeah. in the indeed in, yes. the, in, in the spotlight again now they're a mm. supplier we use aren't they fantastic supply very yes. good yeah they've done an agapanthus haven't they yes now this is blackjack now this is the one which was giving all the wonderful re- reviews at chelsea a few months ago and that one actually was planted. that the chelsea winner he was yeah they, they really liked it there but yeah i've seen a photo of it now and mm. it's definitely yeah it's it, pretty stunning it is yeah and i think and the thing is with agapanthus despite the fact we a lot of people did lose them last winter because of the horrendously cold weather they are such a good doer normally and the fact is you can grow them in pots and in the you know nice sunny border as well so i think it's, it's good it's got a good, a good uh, prospect to it as well good um, stuff yeah and now mm. this I'm really pleased Bull Colgrave is mm. sort of in the news as well with their dahlias because yeah. I can remember a couple of years ago you kindly got some tickets to one of their show events mm. and I've never seen so many beautiful dahlias in flower in they, one place. They were good, weren't And they? this one, Maxi Starburst Pink, mm. I think the centre of it just brought back memories of yeah. these perfect incredible. flowers. They're, yeah. they're incredible. And when, yeah. It's nice when you have mm. one or two in a border... But when you see a whole greenhouse full of dahlias and mm. bench after bench of sort of different colours, it's just incredible. Grow, growth to perfection, but most of all, teeming with wildlife. Yeah, yeah. the bees and the, the hoverflies were were surrounding the plants. So, yeah, um, so that's one definitely to look for. I mean, I think uh, dahlias are definitely on trend, as they say, aren't they, Peter? I mean, yeah. looking at the, um, the, our... Um, Seasonal tunnel at the moment, we've got plenty of big and small growing varieties, uh, foliage, you know, purple or dark leaf foliage. I mean, they're such a wide ranging plants and so easy to grow as well and flower right through till October too. So, uh, yeah, so that's Dahlia, Darlena, Max, Starburst, Pink. Look out for it for, for next year. Mm. And then a nice foliage plant. It's mm. yes. nice to see a sort of a foliage plant, isn't it? So fatsias, I mean... Mm. I can remember when I went to college, I thought they were house plants. And you, you're absolutely correct, Peter. They but were house plants. Now they've been sort of. Have they been toughened up a bit, or is it toughened just up. our climate's got warmer and exactly? <laughs> or <laughs> we've become more adventurous, and we've mm. decided to see if they'll grow outside. And yes. surprise, surprise, they do. Yeah, I mean, when I was back in the in the in the years when I was at Rochford's house plants, we used to grow it and sell it as a and market it as a cool, living, low light house plant. So okay, big leaves generally means they'll take shade, and that's where you tend to put them in the garden. A nice shady location, you know, if you've got a shady courtyard and you want a big, bold architectural plant then fatsias are the ones and this variety is called camouflage which um it's like a two-tone green pale green light green a real mishmash but looks lovely okay and, and i guess if it's a camouflage or it's a variegated mm. one that's going to like even less light than the standard it, ones indeed i think you're absolutely right there and interestingly peter we got these in earlier on this spring Mm. They came in and they they flew out of the garden centre. So we had a small amount of young little liner plants and they 
went down a storm. So, mm. you know, it, it's a plant which I'm sure we'll see more of. And because it's tough and resilient uh, and it's great for, for new, new gardeners, um, yeah, a good, good plant, a good, good, good plant. Good choice, yeah. Good stuff. Mm. And Garden News has got some interesting news, hasn't it, Chris? Mm. Yeah, so uh, obviously a, a couple of weeks ago we were obviously chatting to Plant Heritage and yeah. uh, the wonderful work there. Important year, their 45th anniversary. So they were at Hampton Court, so it's nice to report back at one of the uh, the, the growers there picked up a top award okay. um, for alpine plants. So this gentleman, a uh, chap by the name of Adrian Young, he maintains over 900, 900 different types of saxifraga, which of course are the wonderful wow. alpine plants. Which are. So that's a national collection, is yes. it? Yes, and it's based at Water Perry. Uh, it's right down the road from us. Yeah, Not indeed. Not far yeah. away at all. And uh, yeah, he picked up the, um, the award. And the award was named after the charity's co-founder and botanist Christopher Brickell. He was the first director general of the RHS, so quite right. important. And in fact, I was thinking about Christopher Brickell. We've got a book of his, which is our Bible in the, the plant office down in the, in the bottom there, where yeah. we, we use for, for pruning and training advice. He's a very good uh, author of, of, um, of, of, of gardening knowledge and wisdom. So... Uh, good one. So, yeah, he picked up that award and he's been growing and studying saxifrages apparently for 45 years. And he says in the quote, and it's been a real pleasure. Well, it's been, a, I think, a fantastic uh, achievement, isn't it, to put on such a fantastic display at uh, Hampton Court too. So, well, and to, well done. I mean, what a, mm. to amass such a collection. Yes. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. Good work. So, at the show, he brought obviously a representation of those 900. Did you bring all the 900? Uh, just a few there. But yeah, obviously, grown wonderfully in pans, which of course is the way you, you display your alpine rockery plants, isn't yep. it? So you can see them nice. And usually against a, a dark or black background to show off the, the wonderful flowers. So, uh, yeah, so well done to, to Adrian. And, uh, and obviously, just a reference back, if you missed our uh, podcast on plant heritage, you can obviously listen back. Mm. Salisbury Council have also hit the headlines, haven't they? They're banning hammock... Are they, are they banning ha- hanging baskets? Or they're, 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 they're just going to phase them out, are they? Yeah, well, they've, <laughs> they've suge- suggested this news story is, is quite unbelievable. I mean, I think basically there's a bit of a confrontation politically, shall we say, mm. about, the, about the, the cost and the amount of water hanging baskets need but obviously and they're sort of suggesting this is Salisbury City Council they've they voted to switch to a more sustainable alternative and of course that's gone down rather badly with um with the the conservative well, councillors I must say Chris mm. I mean mm. hanging baskets Northampton is they've got a few mm-hmm. displays out and it always amazes me so how the petunias and the plants in them can look so good. And yeah. I mean, we spoke to Bull Colgrave about this a while ago, didn't we? Did. we? And mm. essentially, the Bull Colgrave have bred plants specifically for mm. the purpose of coping with yeah. drought, drought right. and mm. low mistreatment and yeah. <laughs> being well, put yeah. in the, into containers that are just really not that great for them to no. grow in. But they still do, mm. and they still look amazing. They do. And uh, yeah, and I think you, you're right, Peter. I think also, you know, you can get compost now, we know, with wetting agents, things like swell gel, which will hold yep. the moisture. Obviously, compost can be tweaked to hold better moisture retention. We're using liners now. We're not using less sustainable sphagnum moss, so we're doing the right thing there. And as you say, we're using varieties which are what they call self-cleaning, so they don't produce seeds and therefore they don't need regular deadheading. Varieties which are 
more tolerant of uh, climate change. Yep. You know, I think we're doing all the right things, and then you get a story like this, and it just slightly, it doesn't sit comfortably, does it, really, to beautify and keep our, you know, towns and villages and cities looking green and... Well, they're so yeah. colourful as yeah. well. I think that's the thing. They're cheery, You've got aren't all they? this black street furniture around mm, that just does nothing for no. the visual appeal of the yeah. place. And then you yeah. put some hanging baskets or some baskets over the top of it and mm. plants grow down it. The bees and the flies and yeah. all sorts of bits of wildlife yeah. take proliferate, hold, sort of yeah. take hold and yeah. Uh, yeah. do well because of it. And yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Politics. Yeah. <laughs> Let's keep it out of hanging baskets, shall we? <laughs> so I guess it's that time in the show where we find out what's been selling mm. and... Being summer and August, it's roses this month, isn't it? It is, yeah. And of course, uh, it's the time of year when people are planting. And obviously, this is sales right back through our um, root wrap rose season as well, Peter. So it's potted and root wrapped. So it's an yep. interesting mix. So at number five, a celebrity rose, Mary Berry. Mary Berry's going yeah, yeah, Wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. Uh, number four, Precious Ruby. Mm-hmm. which is part of the Precious range, which again, is a root rat rose, which is incredibly popular. Lovely, lovely flowers, very filiverous. Uh, number three, Cutie Pie. Excellent, <laughs> I like the name. Yeah. And number two is With Love. Okay. Uh, That's a nice... Yeah, again, a nice name. Are people just buying these on names, or are they buying them well, on colours? Well, with love is 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 your typical sort of Valentine's red rose. So maybe in this instance, it okay. is. Yeah, and the number one spot, and perhaps no surprise, Rose Queen Elizabeth the second. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. So uh, yeah, a real yeah eclectic mix of of really some really good varieties there. So uh, yeah. brilliant, excellent. Thanks for that, Chris. Pleasure. Well, if we've done the top five. That means it's that time of the show where you're okay. going to give me some work to do, oh, isn't it, Chris? And some nice jobs this month. Okay, what, what should we be doing in the allotment and in the garden at the moment? Right, then? the most important thing, the most pressing thing to do is pop down to your local garden centre and get yourself some sea potatoes. Yes, it's August. Good point, Christmas potatoes, Indeed, isn't it? it is, yeah. And so we've got about five varieties in we stock have. now, haven't we? Yeah, we have, yeah. Um, really good varieties, a mixture of uh, first, second... I noticed one main crop in the mixture this year, which is okay. interesting, but obviously grown for, for flavour. Of the of the top ones, one which springs to mind, which we should grow, is Charlotte. I think that's the one yep. I'll be growing, I'm going to be growing this this season. So uh, okay. get those. So just get yourself a nice container, a bit of compost. Um, no need to, to chip them. Just get them in the soil as quick as you can. Just cover the, the tuber slightly. As soon as you start to see some green leaves, just continue to top up as the tuber grows in that pot. The pot needs to be probably about 18 inches in height and depth, minimum, I would say, uh, 45 centimetres, and just use some compost and water away and obviously a little bit of tomato feed as the plants go. But the most important thing over the next month of of August is to get as much top growth on the plants as you can because that will obviously mean that you get some nice tubers for for the end of the year. Mm. And you're probably looking about 12 weeks from from planting to cropping. So Okay. uh, Yeah. And, uh, yeah, if you haven't already done it, obviously plant your leeks out. Um, still a bit of time for those. And obviously your brassicas too for, for your winter and your spring crops. So, so, you know, spring cabbage and things need to be going in uh, August, September time. And right. uh, in the greenhouse, or if you're growing your, your, your tomatoes as well, look out for obviously that problem called blossom end rot. So Near the black sort of yeah. bits that start around the 
bottom of the flower. That's it. it, yeah. And it's a bit contentious, actually, because some people say it's due to lack of calcium. Some people say it's irregular watering. Mm. Um, Dr. David Hassayan, in his wonderful expert book, says it's a, a physiological disorder, which means it's a mixture of everything. So okay. it can be a combination of that. But uh, obviously, if, you grow, if you're growing your tomatoes now and you're giving them lots of feed, um, feeds contain calcium, so that should take care of that. But a bit of seaweed uh, or a bit of comfrey feed with your, with your tomatoes might help to, to alleviate the problem as well, mm-hmm. which is good as well. And of course, feeding is, is crucial at this time of year on the allotment, so get some feed in. I, was, um, I had my first decent crop of climbing French beans the other oh, right. right. Absolutely, I've never grown such a tasty crop. I have to say, they were sown back in April, so right. they were, they've been around a little while, but they've put on a lot of a lot of growth and, uh, yeah, been very productive as well. Okay. Um, but runner beans, which is a norma, are doing yep. quite well, but they're not. I'm not getting quite the crop just yet. So. Mine are about two foot tall. No flowers on no them flowers. yet. Oh, I've got some flowers. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I think it's going to be another poor year for my beans. beans. Yeah, yeah. Oh dear, okie dokie. Um, and then, of course, then let's just think about uh, herbs and salads as well. Fast growing crops. So. I noticed that the garden centre we've still got a few uh, few herbs in stock now. So if you're doing a new herb bed, it's a good good project for for the children maybe for mm. uh, for the school holidays now. And uh, yeah, so I know well, you might want to sow some herbs, things like your uh, your basil, your marjoram, your your, uh, your chives, coriander. Very fast growing, very fast maturing. So they would be worth doing. You can grow those on the windowsill. And uh, if you've got chives, good time to to divide those as well they flowered amazingly well on the garden center here this year they look yeah. amazing and of course great for the, the bee so if you've got some nice big clumps in the next uh, few weeks it'd be a good time just to s- split, split and divide those and yeah and you get those as well have even more indeed and uh, propagation we we're talking about herbs rosemary is a good time to get some rosemary herbs uh herb rosemary propagated uh you take short semi-ripe cuttings at this time of the year you can root them very easily around a, a pot of gritty compost. So, so they don't need to go in a propagator? Not necessarily. Literally just mm. pop them in a pot and off they just, go? Just around the edge of a pot, you get yourself a, sort of an 11 centimetre, so a 6 inch pot, nice gritty compost, and run probably 8 or 9 cuttings around the edge. They'll root within about 6, 8 weeks. Oh, okay. And as people have lost so much rosemary this, this winter, it's yeah, a good yeah. opportunity to, to, to bulk up your stock too. So I had a good surprise in my pot of rosemary this year, Chris. Okay. I've got marjoram growing in it now. Oh, good. So I don't know where the marjoram is seeded from. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say one of my neighbours. But there's, <laughs> no, uh, I, I was looking at the pot the other day and I was like... I think that's marjoram. Yeah. And I've pulled a few leaves off and smelt it. And it's like, yeah. definitely marjoram. Nice that's have, isn't good. It? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I, I've got a bonus uh, yeah. double double herb pot this year. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Um, on the fruit side of things, obviously um, pruning. We're, we were doing a bit of pruning with the the staff the other day, actually, Peter. We were doing a bit of bit of training on the pruning of um, sort of your, your, your train stocks, so your cordons and your espaliers. Okay. So it's a matter of giving them a trim back. So any pruning you do at this time of the year on fruit trees is encouraging the plants to produce more flower for next year. Right. Any pruning you do during the winter tends to encourage uh, vegetative growth, so leaves and stems. Okay. So if your plants have not been performing particularly well this year, then it's a good time to get the, the secateurs and do some, some trimming back to, to usually three or four buds from the stems there so do that and obviously you know give the plants a good feed if you're doing that as well and the other job i'm, I'm doing in my own garden is transplanting my runners which i've been propagating over the month of july they're now ready to 
to go into their final plant. Right, your strawberry runners. Strawberry runners, yes. Because yes. strawberries have been nice this year, I must good. say. They've yeah. done well. I think they like the warm weather, don't they? They do indeed. So, uh, they, 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 and it's a good opportunity as well to you know bring in some new stock as well. I noticed at the garden centre we've got in some new varieties are back in, in available. Remember, strawberries last for about probably seven or eight years and then they run out of steam. Yep. Um, they can get virus disease and all sorts of things. So it might be worth investing in some new plants to, to reinvigorate your strawberry beds. Okay. And what's your favourite? Is it the Cambridge favourite or is it yeah. the El Santa? Um, Which, yes, your... Honey Eye uh, and Aram, yeah, uh, Aramel is another one I, I tend to grow. Um, okay. I, I don't, I'm not particularly partial to any varieties. I think it's just what's what's around, to be honest with you. I don't... Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It gives no, a nice no, mixture no. there. Um, El Santa is probably one of the, the best varieties that's the variety which of course they grow for for, for Wimbledon so back in in July yeah. when you saw all those amazing pictures of yeah because strawberries if you do some sort of research mm. you can get the early cropping ones the mid-season ones and the late season that's ones. it it's, yeah, uh, it's, it's quite interesting yeah. so you can keep if you've got a good range you can get a whole summer full of strawberries yeah. which is just delightful indeed and also it's been obviously a good year for the English strawberry growers certainly I think mm. the, weather, or the weather we had it back in June was wonderful maybe obviously <laughs> July's been a bit of a uh, a bit of a shock to this but the strawberry season is quite short normally isn't it for, yeah. for home gardens so yeah the more you can grow the, the better other things you might want to do um, I think in the garden certainly if you're growing dahlias earwigs are a bit of an issue aren't they they can cause all sorts of problems nibbling on the flowers and the, and the leaves so um, the traditional way is to put some nice stout bamboo canes in with your dahlias get some terracotta pots upturned with a bit of straw or a bit of shredded newspaper put those in over the top and of course then the earwigs will use that to hibernate through the course of the right. summer day and then you can dispose of them shall we say <laughs> yeah. you can banish them at yeah. night, at night um, and it's a good way of trapping them as well so Excellent. so earwig uh, trappers as well to that and um, I suppose if you're doing any pruning now we're, we're into obviously better weather uh, if you've got your box and your topiary it's a good time to give that a bit of a tidy up as well some nice sharp uh, snippers or secateurs, uh, or maybe invest in a new electric uh, or rechargeable uh, pruning device to, to yeah, prune yeah, yeah. your topiaries. Hedge cutters. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah, um, I, I did mine the other day. It's a, it's, a, it's always a mammoth job, but it's got to be done. Mm. Little tip with box: if you can try and choose two or three days with no rain. Yeah. So then that keeps the blight at bay, and obviously, okay. yeah, that would be would be useful. And then obviously, get some nice feed around anything you prune back at this time, Peter. It's always worth giving a little bit of a feed just to to balance what you've done. Yeah, because well. I yeah. can remember I trimmed my laurel hedge a couple of years ago, and it came back looking very mm. unhappy. So lots of shriveled re- leaves and course, just yeah. not right. And you suggested seaweed, mm. spray it with some seaweed extract, and yeah. That, I mean, it's growing wonderfully again this year, so I, I think that might have helped. Yeah, indeed. Um, and also, yeah, if you've got roses now, and of course we, we, we talked about the top five, but of course roses tend to flower. A lot of the new modern varieties in flushes. So after the first flush, you normally give the plant a bit of a trim back, uh, do a bit of deadheading yep. um, by about half. So if you've got bush roses, but David Austin or Peter Beals, whoever you, you're buying your roses from, cut the plants back by half, give them a bit of top rows or something similar. That'll encourage the plants then to produce a new flush. And if you're lucky, you know, you'll get a, a nice display now into September, mm. which is, of course, what you want as well. So a bit of water, a bit of feed after you've cut them back is good. And, of course, keep the spraying up if you've got issues with mildew or black spot as well. Good point. Thanks, Chris. 
And uh, container-wise, well, um, yeah, containers are, are still looking really good. Um, they were saying in August that some things can start to slow down. My advice is always change your feed. So go over to a, a high nitrogen feed, something like phosphogen, which right. will encourage lots of leafy growth. If your plants are running out of steam, you might want to just change the feed over for a couple of weeks to get some nice leafy stem growth on, which will hopefully carry more flower. And then once you've got the flowers back in, then go back to your, your tomato high potash feed so yeah. a, bit, a bit of ringing the changes there doesn't do any harm it's, plants are like us peter they're like a change of diet yeah definitely and uh, i guess the other thing with feeding is um as chris collins mentioned the other week mm. he he was doing l- regular feeding but very small amounts mm. i think yeah. um some people do one feed once a week and yeah. that's it and then water the rest of the week it. Yeah, i think yeah. it's a uh, mm. Interesting how different people have different viewpoints on it. I suppose it, it's what suits you. I think when we were talking to to Jekka, our herb guest uh, mm. last year, she had a was it a feeding Friday or a feeding Thursday? No, feeding a, Friday. Feeding wasn't Friday. It? Yeah. yeah. So she had a specific every Friday. Day. She always fed yeah. her plants. Yes. Yeah. So get do do what works for you. I think that's the end of the day. But if you've got plants which are putting lots of growth on things like tomatoes, I mean the general feeling is uh, half strength every time you water. It's, okay. a, it's, it's quite a good regime, something like Tom Rice and things. So use it yeah. half strength, but use it every time. So you'll probably just use as much feed, but obviously in a more controlled way. Mm. For your well, certainly well. my hanging baskets are doing well. They're on Westland tomato food, I think, Ooh, this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're loving it. Yeah, <laughs> They're I've, doing I've, really uh, yeah. well. This year I'm, I'm using Doff, um, okay. Doff tomatoes, and I'm using the container one for my pots as well. And the, the results have been really good. They've, they've, they've certainly got the right feeds. And also a little bit of extra, a bit of extra comfrey feed from me, me comfrey uh, water yeah, books. Yeah, yeah. Mine's doing really well. It's about three foot, no, what, no, two foot tall now. Right, so, so it's uh, going to be ready for the chop soon, isn't it? Yeah. Excellent. So yeah, I, I, I must try that because I've not tried that yet. And obviously yeah. you gave me the plants last year, so mm. they're doing well. That's good. Okay. And uh, yeah, I mean, obviously August is still not too late to get some more seeds sown for next spring. So things like honesty and wallflowers uh try and get those sown i mean you'll you need to move quite quickly because you need some nice strong plants for planting out later in the in the autumn okay. and uh, the other thing i suppose to mention of course july was well known for the high winds we had certainly it was mm-hmm. a problem month so just make sure everything's staked and tied make sure you've got some good garden uh, canes and some uh, tie available just to to support things because they're putting growth on now aren't they and uh they get top heavy. They just need your little bit of a helping hand to keep them upright and and uh, not damaged. Because obviously that's the last thing you want. For all your work is to to be uh, <laughs> having to uh, replace uh, spoiled plants. Mm, definitely. And well, I saw on the last couple of weeks quite a few trees have mm. got boughs down. And yeah, it, it's yeah. obviously there's been quite a few really high winds that have. Not done the no, trees uh, very yeah. good. Yeah, and unseasonal un- high winds for this time mm. of year. And this thing is, you know, we expect these sort of winds in sort of October when the plants are sort of starting to shed their leaves. But, you know, your plants have big sales, aren't they, in the garden? And that's, that's the issue. So, uh, yeah, just, just take care. I know we had a, a, a couple of weeks ago some really bad winds and it affected some of our uh, Japanese maples. So, yeah, be, be wary. Anything which is brittle stemmed, is, it is well supported. Uh, otherwise, you could... Uh, you know, you could lose something very I'm valuable. In trouble. Mm, did. And I guess it's, true, it's school holidays now, mm. isn't it, Chris? So mm. if you're looking for 
something to inspire your children they, mm. and, you know, take a couple of hours up I mean obviously there's crest to grow oh yes and am I too late to be sowing sunflowers with my children now I think you, if we go for a variety which keeps very compact so a short growing variety I think there's some which you can even grow as hedging which only gets to like a, a metre tall then oh right they'd okay. be worth, worth growing yes yeah. so yeah don't think about the big big sunhead flowers just go for the, the compactness you the should be fine ones. yeah okay, they should be flower for sort of September late September onwards as well fantastic yeah. and um, just finally Peter there's uh, we're talking about children I mean, I'm certain maybe some of our, our listeners of a certain age shall we say might remember yeah. uh, the herbs which was a, a very popular uh, children's program back in the 1970s well the okay. the Lindley Library the RHS Lindley Library have created a wonderful exhibit at uh, Wisley right through to the, the 13th of September which is highlighting children's gardening in in britain and how it's changed and evolved so if you want something educational to take your children to to see how gardening has changed over the years it might be something to to enjoy nice day trip out to wisley then yeah fantastic it'll be a good one good stuff well a few jobs for us to get on with then chris and some nice flower shows to go and have a look at and yeah yeah time for a holiday i think it sounds good to me brilliant thanks chris thanks peter Today's show was brought to you by Buckingham Garden Centre and Nurseries. The show was hosted by Chris Day and Peter Brown. The show was produced by Peter Brown. And our thanks to Chilton Music Therapy for providing the music. Thanks for listening. At Chilton Music Therapy, we want everyone to know the difference that music can make in their lives. From parents and their premature babies in hospital to grandparents with dementia. We provide music therapy and community music services to people of all ages and needs across England. We work both digitally and in person in people's homes, care homes, schools, hospitals and hospices. Find out more at chilternmusictherapy.co.uk.